Good morning. Today is Wednesday, August 26th, 2020. The fifth book of the Torah in which we are find which we find ourselves, the book of Devarim, is referred to as Mishneh Torah, which literally means the restatement or the repetition of the Torah. And one of the reasons for that is that many of the mitzvahs, the commandments that we found in the first four books, are repeated in this fifth book. And there are a number of ways to understand why that is and how that is. But one of the ways that we've mentioned is that um, the first four books contain the mitzvahs where they are commanded by God. And now, as the Jewish people are about to enter the land of Israel, there's a special emphasis on how society is going to run, how these mitzvahs will relate um, when they are applicable in the land of Israel. And so there's more of an immediacy, but also more of a, a, a goal and a point of view of the upcoming new era. That doesn't explain all of the mitzvot and it doesn't explain all of the discrepancies between how it's listed in the first four books and in the fifth book, but that's like a general approach. But here's one that's uh, quite remarkable. In this week's parsha, the parsha of Kiseite, the Torah says as follows, Kisire es chamar achicha o shoro noflim baderech. If you shall see the donkey of your fellow or the ox of your fellow who has fallen down along the road. You're driving and you see your friend, your fellow, um, their car broke down or they have a flat tire or their bicycle chain broke. You see someone along the side of the road and they need help. The Torah says, Hakeim takim imo. You should stop and you should help them. You should work together with them. Okay, our rabbis understand you should work together with him. If the fellow with the broken uh, bicycle chain says, uh, you know what, you've got the mitzvah to help me, I'll sit down and rest and you fix it, uh, that I'm not obligated to do. I'm obligated to work together with the person who owns the animal or the object together with them. Okay, fine. But it's a very important mitzvah. I'm required to take time out of my day to give effort and energy when I am able to do it to help another person in need. What is striking is that this is a repetition of a mitzvah that we saw earlier in the Torah in the book of Shmos. Same mitzvah. But there the wording was different. And the wording was different in a very curious way. Back in Shemos, in the Parsha of Mishpatim, the Torah says, Ki chamar When you see the donkey that belongs to your enemy, and the donkey is struggling under its weight, its uh, load, you shall surely assist in helping the donkey right its load so that your fellow can go on his way. Same idea. It could be a donkey. It could be a car, a bicycle, an ox. Uh, you see you're someone else struggling by the side of the road. You stop and you help them. 
and you don't ignore them. Similar to what we saw yesterday about finding a lost object. You find a lost object, you stop, you put in the effort to try to return it, and you don't ignore it. You don't pretend that you don't see it. If there's an opportunity to help, you help. What's interesting is in the first mitzvah, Mishpatim, earlier in the Torah, the Torah is talking about a scenario where I see the donkey that belongs to my enemy. Here in our Pasuk, the Torah is talking about a person who sees the donkey of his or her fellow. No pejorative. Why the difference in the two terms? I've shared with you an answer before, and I think it's a quite, quite a dramatic answer, and perhaps there'll be another opportunity to repeat that another time. But I want to share with you now an approach that is particularly relevant to the season in which we find ourselves. And it is an approach that is mentioned by Meshachachma, one of the great modern scholars of Torah commentary. And he says as follows. The difference in the wording relates to the historical difference in when the two commandments were spoken. The first commandment was spoken at the beginning of the 40 years in the desert, just after the Jewish people had left the land of Israel. And the second, in our parsha, is repeated by Moshe to the Jewish people at the end of the 40 years in the desert, when they are about to enter the land of Israel. And what makes a difference in those two time periods is as follows. Says the Meshachachma. When the Torah earlier says, you see the, the donkey that belongs to your enemy. Wait a minute. Who has enemies? Why does a person have enemies? The Torah says, Lo es You should not hate your fellow in your heart. It's not right to have enemies. How can the Torah even be considering a scenario where there are enemies? Yes, of course, I know people argue. and But how can that be um, um, immortalized within the words of a mitzvah as if somehow it's okay to have enemies. The first line should be, you shouldn't be an enemy. <clears throat> so, Ramir Simcha explains, before the, at the beginning of the 40 years in the desert, it was before the sin of the golden calf. The Jewish people were spiritually on a very high level. They had left Egypt. They were approaching Sinai. They were human beings, but almost like angels. If there would be one individual who would slip and who would do something wrong, that person would be kind of an outlier. And that would be a person who it would be understandable to say, this is a person who is not living up to the universal standard of holiness and sanctity that everyone is living up to. It would be an exceptional in phenomenon. And therefore, there the Torah says, even if it's your enemy, even if it's someone, we're not talking about a person that you had uh, uh, an argument over a parking space. We're talking about where you saw that person did something wrong, which was completely out of the norms of how everyone else is acting. 
Even there, the Torah says, if he needs help, you still help him. And that's a very important lesson. Our help should not depend on being limited to those that we admire and that we're friendly with and that we are close to. Our help should extend to everybody. That's why it says that. After the golden calf, everything's different. After the golden calf, the entire Jewish people sinned, except for the small number of people who did not. <clears throat> After the golden calf, no one has the right to look down on anyone for sins that they commit. Because to paraphrase the words of the Talmud, you're, you're criticizing me for doing this, but what you did is much worse. And not just the golden calf itself, but the sin of the spies and the complaining and the disagreeing with Moshe and the rebellions. And there's lots of things that go on. By the time we get to the end of the 40 years, <clears throat> there has to be a realization. We are God's children. We do have a very special, unique, historic destiny in Israel. But we are not perfect. You're not perfect, and I'm not perfect. And whatever I'm going to say about a shortcoming that you have, believe me, I know in advance, you've got three things that you could legitimately say are a shortcoming to me. And that's why, even if at the very begin, while almost everyone was on a very high level of spirituality and sanctity, and one could look down on another for a single sin, but once we get into real life, then there's got to be a whole different understanding. Once we get into real life, we've got to realize, listen, I'm trying, you're trying, I make mistakes, you make mistakes, we're fellows. We're in this together. And therefore, the Pasuk changes in our Parsha. It's the donkey of your fellow. It's the donkey of your friend. It's someone who roughly, more or less, is on the same similar level. No one has the right to consider themselves such a tzaddik, such a righteous person, that they can look down on other people. The introspection that is supposed to happen during the month of Elul is not just an introspection about myself. What are my actions? Am I living up to my potential? What changes do I need to make in my life? Yes, that's a very important part of it. But necessarily, if I am going to do that honestly, it must include a transformation in how I look at others. Because if I am arrogant, and we talked about the role of ego within this process of introspection and teshuva and repentance, and how important ego is to be able to admit and recognize that we make mistakes and we need help and we need correction. If I am going to truly look into myself and to see what's there in order to try to change course and make improvements and change direction that necessarily is going to have to change the way that I look at others. Because the more honestly I look at myself, the more positively I can look at others. Whereas I might be a person who thinks 
I'm not personally, I'm just using this as an example, but person might be a person who says, you know, I'm a good person, I'm a holy person, and this person is doing something wrong. But once I start to look inside myself and I realize, well, I didn't live up to my standard here and I made a mistake there and I should have learned a lesson from this and I didn't learn it. That has necessarily got to translate in also how I look at others. If I am not looking at others in a more charitable and positive fashion now, that is a sign that I am not doing this right during Elo. I'm not doing the Elo work correctly. Because if I'm doing the Elo work correctly, necessarily, I've got to be more understanding, more patient, more forgiving, and more appreciative that everyone is struggling. And at time to time, everyone falls short. That's got to be a necessary part of the way that we prepare for thy holidays. And I want to just show you that this attitude is observed by everyone. This is something that I saw, and I think that this is a very important part of preparing for using the month of El to prepare for thy holidays. And I hope that this is something that all of us can emulate. Perhaps you saw this. Are you able to? <laughs> okay, so the chalun can be a little dry, but you know what? My chalun is also not so perfect every time. And so it's Elul. Let's be a little bit more understanding of others as a way, as a component of the introspection that we do for ourselves. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, a forgiving, understanding, and patient day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.